Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Friday. And now from the Bob and Cherry Studios on this fabulous Friday, it's Bob and Cherry. Oh, Friday, beautiful thing. Get over here and let me kiss you on the mouth. This has been a week. Uh, this has been a week. I'm so glad to see this weekend come. And because it's Friday, it's the People's Movie Critic. And boy, did he have an unusual viewing experience with Marcel the Shell with shoes on. He's going to review that in an hour right here. And speaking of movies, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but um, the AMC movie chain is trying to do something to radically reinvent movie theaters. Like last summer with Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, yeah. The movie theater industry uh, had the illusion of being back in business big time, you know, coming back right. to life. But it, mm-hmm. it didn't last. I don't know if you knew that. It didn't sustain. Like once mm-hmm. everybody that wanted to see Barbie and Oppenheimer and the Eras Tour concert movie, once everybody saw that, they didn't come back to see other things. And so the head of AMC said, okay, all right, okay. We are not going to live in the past. We are not going to put our head in the sand and pretend that things will change back, which I think is a bold and good strategic move for AMC, right? Mm -hmm. They said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut more deals with musicians for more um, unique concert film experiences because that turns out to be a really big deal with concert tickets so expensive now, like nosebleed seats going for hundreds of dollars, right? With concert tickets so expensive, why not have these immersive concert movies because AMC can charge a little more for them and people come and it's a limited run and you you didn't get to see Taylor Swift in person? You're in the third row at the AMC with a bucket of popcorn and you're doing it now. So they're cutting a bunch more of those deals which is going to be really interesting because musicians, bands, artists, they make their money touring. They don't make their money um, writing songs and releasing them. So this may give the, the music industry an injection of uh, cash and vitality too because it's so hard for all those bands to get out there and tour with ticket prices being what they are. But concert films... You can see how, you know, you might be kind of motivated. Like Bob went and saw the Stones, I think 
I can't remember if it was in Atlanta where where you saw the stones, but the yes. woman in, the woman in front of him spent the entire show jumping up and down and singing along with the band, and you saw more of her than you did Mick Jagger. Oh, by the but, way, she was not facing the stage. She was so drunk. She was facing me as she yeah. was going under my thumb and she's pointing and I'm like, it's like I'm the audience. <laughs> she's got her back to the Rolling Stones. Yeah, and it was it was the old Bray Turner field in Atlanta with the nosebleed seats. And, you know, I love the Rolling Stones. I have absolutely no interest in going to see them in a concert anymore. But but you I might saw them, enjoy a concert well, film. I saw them in one of those IMAX theaters years and yep. years ago. This was when Bill Wyman was still playing bass for them. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And I, I think I would go to see an act like that or, you know, one of the other acts. I'm just trying to think what kind, what kind of acts, who are they that would fill movie theaters? Obviously, Taylor Swift, Beyonce. Uh, but who else do you think could fill a I mean, movie? Yeah. Or- I think Pink, you know, and you have like a lot of bands with big fandoms. Um, the Jonas Brothers, the, mm-hmm. uh, Miley Cyrus. The thing is, we have to re, because what AMC is trying to do is they're trying to reinvent what a movie theater is for. So, because they, they get, and this is one of the things I really admire about the management at AMC. They're like, people, we can't compete with your couch. Like, we get it now. White flag, we understand. So what can we bring into movie theaters that will bring you off your couch? And it's going to be stuff that, you know, like you're not going to maybe pay the big bucks and drag your butt out for like what Lamar would say is a three bud movie, right? That's you're you're going to wait and watch that at home, but I might get you out. I just might get you out, um, for like, uh, you know, a multi-artist, concert film with top country artists that don't typically perform together. I might be able to get you out. Those are the well, kind you know of deals that they're do. looking to cut. You know what else it would do? It would also get younger people <clears throat> who are probably not going to movie theaters very much, get them into movie theaters and they might, you know, subconsciously say, hey, this is kind of fun to get out. You know, well, this a- is really yeah. nice. AMC isn't going to try to... Um, lure you back into going to the movies in quotes they're coming up with their own branded um, mm-hmm. concession snacks they're closing and relocating theaters they're building bigger screens that are more immersive more like IMAX they they no longer believe that they can convince Gen Z to go to the movies but they think they might be able to convince sure. all of us that they're the movie smart. theater is another mm-hmm. kind of entertainment experience. It's, that it's CEO actually, is smart. Yep. It's actually genius. All right. We got morons in the news coming up. We have the people's movie critic. We have headlines. So stupid. You can't believe they're real. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. The end of the school year will be here before you know it. Go to bobandsherry.com and nominate a teacher who does great things in and out of the classroom. They can win a vacation from Visit Florida. We're talking drinks on the beach, summer sunsets, and relaxing at the Margaritaville Beach Resort in Fort Myers Beach, Florida. A couple of movies years and years ago called the Naked Gun movies. The star of it, one of the stars, was Leslie Nielsen. And it was a really big hit. So Paramount Pictures who produced the original Naked Guns, 
is rebooting it. And guess who is going to be replacing Leslie Nielsen as the goofy, a bit dim, but lovable detective, none other than Liam Neeson, which... <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Oh, yes. I, yes. Perfect. I so want to see Liam Neeson of the Taken movies playing that that role. That is going to... Be, if they get the right, right writers and directors, it's going to be fantastic. And listen to this. It's produced by Seth MacFarlane, and it's expected to hit theaters... Uh, in July of next year, I th- I think Max, if if you're not familiar with uh, some of the dialogue, Max has an example here at Leslie Nielsen. New code, sir. Yes, it is, and I have a receipt to prove it. Is this some kind of bust? Well, it's very impressive, yes, but we need to ask you a few questions. Now I had to get on the inside, <laughs> like a blind man at an orgy. I was going to have to feel things out. Same old story. Boy finds girl, boy loses girl, girl finds boy. Boy forgets girl, boy remembers girl. Girl dies in a tragic blimp accident over the Orange Bowl on New Year's Day. Good year? No, the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid that that it's funny, but uh, they were were just a great way to waste time. Um, also, in show business news, you probably heard that uh, actor and comedian Richard Lewis has died from Curb Your Enthusiasm, and he was in Mel Brooks, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and Max has a little bit of a tribute uh, as we discuss that a little later on in the show here today. I hate to hear that. Uh, this was this was sort of interesting here. The Kansas City Chiefs defensive backs coach is raving about Taylor Swift. Dave Merritt said on the Sports Shop podcast, talking about uh, her effect on Travis Kelsey. She actually, this is the quote, she actually affected the team in a positive way. It wasn't a negative way. Everybody was excited and Travis was happy. So when my player, a brother, is happy beside me, that helps me and that encourages me. And so Travis came in there, a different man. And so bottom line, she helped us. That was nice to hear, with you know, with she all was- those negatives from football people. She was baking Pop-Tarts for the uh, offensive line for the Chiefs because those guys can just eat anything. They cannot eat anything, enough, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, people, you know, we live in a time when the national hobby is looking for something to hate and be pissed off about. And she right. just happened to wander into the room at exactly the right moment to be that. But that, but then with this, she wanders out of the room, you know, a winner. You know, it's <laughs> it's really hard to lay a glove on the girl, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You got to go really hard. You've got to really reach. I think. Right, I mean, right. Yeah. And and this this story here, also show business, is really bizarre. I don't know what to make out of it. Stephen Baldwin is making fans of his daughter Haley and her husband Justin Bieber very concerned for the couple. Baldwin shared a post by the founder of All Things Possible Ministry that says. Christians, please, when you think of Justin and Haley, take a moment to offer a little prayer for them to have wisdom, protection, and to draw close to the Lord, unquote. The end of the post said, so often, regardless of the material things or accolades, they often face spiritual warfare so intense and seek, it seeks to shipwreck their faith, marriage, and life in general. So thank you. 
So now some fans are thinking Haley and Justin's marriage is struggling and there's no word from the couple. It's uh, th- that, that was reposted by Stephen Baldwin. I, I don't know what to make out of that. I, I mean, it's really difficult any, like for all know. of us. Yeah, and then you know they're in the spotlight just because they're young and rich and beautiful doesn't change the yeah. fact that they're people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, does, it doesn't help me off. any. It, 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 it no. It hasn't, right? I mean, you're glad to have it, right, Lamar? But yeah, I'm glad glad to be young, rich, and beautiful. But it hasn't helped me that much. Right? Yeah, exactly. Thank you for being real about it. Again, thank you. That's right. Morons morons in the news. In the news. Straight ahead. It's Bob and Cherry. Morons in the news is sponsored by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Check this out. We never seem to run out. Out of my way, you morons. Morons in the news with Bob and Sherry. Well, here is a quick way for a teacher to get sued. Bring swords to class and instruct the students to fight. That actually happened two years ago at Volcano Vista High School in New Mexico. And there is a lawsuit that has just dropped this week. It actually happened, and here's what went down. The whole thing was caught on camera during a chemistry class, and now the family of a student who was injured by one of the swords is suing. A fight, they they were given swords, and the kids started fighting. The female student got a major cut and had to go to the ER, and it gets crazier. According to an incident report, the assistant principal claimed the teacher brought the swords to discuss the science of metal and melding but answered no when asked if the injury violated school rules. The vice principal said, yeah, I know she got cut and another kid got cut, but, you know, that's within our rules here at the school. He is also a defendant in the lawsuit. I just I just have to say, folks, if you've got a machete or a, a scary-looking sword, a curvy sword or something, and you're thinking of doing anything with it, why don't you call up your best friend first? Run it by he or she, and then go forward. Or perhaps leave the swords at home. Swords and teenagers at school, given encouragement, is just a scenario for craziness and danger. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, it's hard to argue. I can't really argue with you on that. It's hard. Yeah. Survival of the fittest, maybe. Uh, DJ Khaled is facing backlash for making two security guards carry him so that he didn't mess up his Nike Air Jordan sneakers while walking over sand. The music producer, 48, was slammed by fans after posting a video of the incident on his Instagram. He was trying to promote his upcoming album. In the clip, Khalid opened up his car door, looked down at the ground, and then waved over his security personnel. I don't want to get my Jordans dirty, he said while standing up. Can I get everybody to help me? Two men then came over to stand on either side of the all-I-do-is-win hitmaker as they hoisted him up, placing their arms underneath his legs. The pair guided Khalid from his luxury vehicle and into the back of a pickup truck, which took him to the uh, stage. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate it. I can't mess up the Jays. Once he arrived at the concert space, the same guards lifted him out of the truck and carried him to the stage's steps. The rapper seems to have gotten his hands on the uh, Jay Blavin 
Air Jordan 3 Rio sneakers. This, these are the brand newest Jordan. Uh-huh. Early because right. they're not supposed to drop until May. Although the shoes retail for $250, the resale value is likely to be well above that number, which is probably why Khalid went to such drastic measures to keep them in pristine shape. Despite showing love to the bodyguards, Khalid's comment section was flooded with disappointed followers who called him out. One guy said, how about wearing some damn sandals and put on the Jordans right before walking on the stage? You know what? That's a good idea. You I agree. <laughs> I listen, agree. DJ Khaled is a pretty big boy. So carrying him to the stage, I mean, he's, yeah. he's a big old boy. <laughs> it's a lift. Yeah. 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 It's a lift. That's right. And finally wow. today in Morons in the News, Nebraska police call him the Cinnamon Rolls Robber. And that's because he walked into a quick shop convenience store and robbed it with a box of Hostess cinnamon rolls on his right hand. The clerk, looking at the man waving the box of cinnamon rolls at her, decided, uh-huh. there's probably a gun in there and not some delicious individually wrapped frosted cinnamon pastries. And so she handed over all the cash, according to the Lincoln, Nebraska police. Um, cops responding to the scene looked at the um, store video and said, Why, that looks like Isaiah Bartu. He is 24 years old, and this ain't his first rodeo. Mr. Bartu has a big old gun tattooed on his right forearm. He served a couple of years in state prison for um, an assault. Back in April 2020, he robbed a liquor store by whacking the clerk with a bottle of Jack Daniels. He and two female accomplices got out of that liquor store with only two bottles of booze. And of course, you know, he went back to prison for it. No sooner did he get out, no sooner did he get out than he robs the quick shop with a box of cinnamon rolls. And when you take a look at my man's mugshot, you're going to go, yeah, he doesn't look like a dude who um, learns from his own mistakes. Well, the one in the liquor store alone, I mean, I know liquor is not real cheap, but you know, let's say you got a handle for $40. It's not worth prison. Four, two years in prison for 40 bucks? It's so yeah, stupid. It's crazy. All right, yeah. so that is the morons in the news. Keep it here for the People's Movie Critic coming up. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. This is really kind of hard to believe. Have you ever been out on the town and you're using an Uber? Let's say you're in a fairly good-sized city and all of a sudden the Uber surges because a concert or something has left out and the price goes from like it would have been a $10 ride to like a $30 ride. Have you ever experienced that? I, I have, especially when I went to see Landon in Chicago a lot. Those surges could run you like uh, 50 bucks for just not that long of a ride. Wendy's is testing an Uber-style surge pricing based on demand. They are set to experiment with, a they're calling it a dynamic pricing model, similar to Uber's surge pricing, where the cost of items vary throughout the day based on demand. The new pricing announced by the CEO, Kirk Tanner, is expected to start testing next year and will utilize the advanced digital menu boards for real-time price updates. The move comes as Wendy's prices already vary by location, 
And the chain is being noted as the most expensive fast food brand in the United States because of their recent menu increases. The backlash online has been swift and ugly. What do you think about that? I think it's the stupidest thing ever. It yeah. is so stupid because you're going to be like, yeah, you want to get lunch at Wendy's? Nah, man, it's it's a surge pricing. <laughs> Dyna- Dynamic is, store. Dynamic is yeah. a better word than price gouging. That's what that is. Yeah. Dynamic That's sounds that better is. than price gouging. That's what I know it. it. It wouldn't affect me, especially uh, when we were doing the show, you know, back at the old station, because uh, I would eat at strange times. But if it's 1215. I'm figuring that burger is going to be going up to about 12 bucks, right? Why would I go there and I'd go someplace else if I, if I couldn't get to Wendy's by 12? And I like Wendy's. If I could get there I by, by uh, 11.15, 11.30, I might pass like Sherry was saying. That is going to I don't think it's going to work, Lamar. You're right. You're right. This is Bob and Sherry. The People's Movie Critic Review on Bob and Sherry is sponsored by Tide. Washing your clothes with Tide on cold cleans great and provides savings for your wallet and the environment. It is time now for The People's Movie Critic and his review of Marcel the Shell with Shoes on on Netflix. Okay, Lamar. What is that? I... I feel like I'm swimming upstream against the current. This movie got a 98 on the Rotten Tomato scale. Just about every critic in the world loves this movie. Me? Not so much. Marcel the Shell started off as YouTube shorts. And if you go on to YouTube and look at some of the shorts, you're like, ah, yeah, that's cute. That's whatever. Well, now it's an 89-minute movie. Everybody that loves this movie uses words and phrases like connection, deep feelings about loss, the meaning of family, sweet, touching, sad, funny, and every emotion possible. I use words and phrases like, what is this? What am I doing? How did this ever get made? For for most people that have no idea what I'm talking about, Marcel is a piece of a seashell, one inch tall, that has one googly eye and wears tennis shoes. He has this little bitty squeaky voice and seems very sincere, very, very nice. He lives with his grandmother, Nana, and she's voiced by Isabella Rosalini. How they got her to do this, I don't know. In a house that has turned into an Airbnb because the former occupants have separated and moved out. Now, Dean, who is the director of this movie and does the shooting and stuff, uh, he lives in the house on a long-term rental, and that's how he has met Marcel. Now, it's shot like a documentary. Now, Marcel and Nana used to be part of a large shell community, but the rest of that community was moved somewhere by accident. The documentary shows Marcel and Nana's everyday lives. So we're, we're with them from the time they get up to the time they go to bed. Now, this thing is shot using stop-motion animation. So a full day of filming results in five to ten seconds of actual footage. It wow. took seven years to make this. <laughs> how oh how somebody in seven years didn't stop and go, God, what are we doing? But, but anyway... <laughs> Now, Marcel, is he's funny, and he's very sweet. 
And he's able to make so many things happen around the house, including building living quarters, walking up the wall using honey on his shoes, and rolling around the house inside of a tennis ball. He does all of this without arms, hands, or fingers. Now, Nana has a full garden that she works, and they both love to watch 60 Minutes. They are obsessed <laughs> with Leslie Stahl. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm tripping just listening to I know. this. Oh, my God. Everything I read about this movie said it is made to touch your soul and to bring you so many emotions and feelings that you will be changed forever. There will be laughter and tears and everything in between. As I said, for me, not so much. They left out boredom, loss of attention, and apathy. That's, that's what they left out. Now, it is an amazing production, but I personally thought this thing would never end. I did not get it. Evidently, I'm a shallow person who has no ability to feel emotion, and evidently, neither is my wife, Carla. She didn't get it either. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it. It's on Netflix, so it won't cost you anything. Plus, at any moment, you can quit. Sadly, I could not. I had to take the bullet. Maybe you will not hate it. You might even love it. And that will mean that you are a far better person than me. My score on this <laughs> is two buds. Two buds? How... how how do you give it two, two buds, buds and it got a 98% positive rating in Rotten Tomatoes? I mean, listen, that's a listen. big difference. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm only giving it two buds because of the seven years of the life that all these people lost. They lost seven years <laughs> of their entire life. I mean, my God. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but Leslie Stahl, she's in yeah. the movie. She's in the movie. No, you she are comes kidding to me. interview Marcel. Oh my God! I, I, I got to be honest. I'm gonna watch. Where is it? Uh, what's the platform Netflix. that it's on? Netflix. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Oh yeah! I might have at it, it, Bob. Yeah. Have yeah. at it, buddy. I might see it. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. It's Bob. Right. Good luck to you. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. Richard Lewis was one of a kind. You either got him or you didn't. I liked him very much. And Max uh, is going to present some of uh, a look back at Richard Lewis's career right now. So the first thing I'm going to play is from 1964. And you're going, how old was he then? He was a teenager in high school. 1964, Dwight Morrow High School in Inglewood, New Jersey. He was on a TV show called Candid Camera. Now, Richard was a very good student, but he sat down with his counselor who went through his records and told him he was only going to be good for manual labor. So he tells him this. Richard's Richard's response is very Richard Lewis. And then at the end, he's telling a friend of his laughing. Here we go. Well, Richard, I've gone through your DAT and your other records in school. In fact, we've been going through all of the records in school for the past three and a half weeks now. And uh, I've come to the very definite and firm conclusion that you would be perfectly suited for manual labor. See, manual labor? Yes. That's all, just manual labor? Manual labor. Do I was suited for manual labor? No intelligence, just manual labor. What is this? What he said to me? 
says, I went to all your records in high school. No, if I'm not mistaken, Ronnie, that he that he couldn't believe that that's what he was sued for. Yeah, just so people understand, uh, he didn't know that that was a joke that he was being punked, right? Right, he didn't know. He had no idea. So that was his response, and yeah. it sounded like his stand-up sort of response that's what it, max said it's I, very yeah. richard lewis it, the, the thing about very. it is you kind of are who you are when you're 16 so you are a, here's yeah. a little of richard lewis this is from um comic relief this is when he really was at the zenith of his stand-up career thank you very much thank you i'm uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here i just heard some cattle over there it's okay i'm just i'm excited i'm just a little paranoid tonight i ha- i haven't performed in a couple of months and uh, and yet hey I'm paranoid about everything in my life. Even at home, I, on my stationary bike, I have a rear view mirror, which I'm not thrilled about. <laughs> and sadly, my last shrink, she just, she retired about a week ago. I'm freaked out and it was, it was sort of a, a nightmare. She was, she was only 24. I guess I burned her out real fast. And the, <laughs> the last session was unbelievable. She set herself on fire. She ran out of the session going, no mas, no mas. You know. <laughs> So what do you do? I'm on the road. I'm a comic. You know, you go to these clinics, all these rip-off clinics now. I was in, I was in Dallas. I had this therapy amusement park, Six Flags over Bellevue, you know. And <laughs> I use those phone services, 1-900-YOU-WACKO, which is a big thing now. But hey, what's my problem? What's your pro- For me, I have bad posture. I have low self-esteem. I'm unhappy about it. I, I could blame my parents. I want to blame my parents for practically everything. I Look. After high school, I said, what should I do? I have no idea what I should do. And they went, well, we think you should run away with the circus. That wasn't good for me. (laughs) But hey, don't I have to take responsibility for my own life? I think it's about time. I'm 40 years old. And I just, you know, but still, I screwed myself up. Elementary school, during student government week, I was a coroner for a day, which wasn't a big thing, you know. (laughs) Then freshman basketball, I was the throw in the towel boy, which was sort of humiliating. And... So um, that's a little of the stand-up that he had yeah, at that yeah. time. Um, uh, now, the last thing I'm going to play here is um, from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And this mm-hmm. is Richard with Larry David. And by the way, they went to summer camp together as kids. They are longtime friends. And uh, this is a little of the discussion they had. I have better news for you. I'm leaving you in my will. I'm tweaking it, and you're in it. No, no, no. Don't, don't do that. It's done. You're in. I don't want to be in it. I, got, I have money. I don't need it. Give it to someone who needs it. When I die, I want you to know how much I care about you. No, I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to charity. You're my best friend. You're getting it. No. I'm you're... making a Shermanist statement about the will right now. I'm sick of your historical references. If nominated, I will not run. If bequeathed, I will not accept. Well, I'm bequeathing. Well, I'm not accepting. <laughs> do you know... Do you know that they were born in the same hospital? Um, I think just a few days apart. Yeah, day, days Get apart. Out of it here. was days apart. Yeah. They were yeah. days apart. Can, yeah. That's can I exactly just say right. one other thing? I, I have read so much from so many people, show business people, names you've known, people who just said he was the sweetest kindest, dearest man. He was as sweet and kind as he was funny. John Reap, who's been on our show, was just on Curb Your Enthusiasm, and Mm -hmm. Richard Lewis was not in the scene with him, but sent him a note and said what a good job he did. This was mere days ago, and John posted it up on his uh, 
Isn't Twitter that sweet? X, uh, account. He helped a lot of, he got sober and he helped a lot yeah. of show business people get sober. And they all gave him tributes on X and Twitter. And it's a real loss for all of us. Yeah, that's right. He was going to tour with Larry David, the two of them. And when asked about that, Jerry Seinfeld said, I don't know. That's an awful lot of neuroses on the same stage, <laughs> which is Jerry true. was wrong, but yeah. Jerry ended up being wrong, right? Yeah. Straight ahead, comedian Angel Gaines. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Nissan. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Angel Gaines. And I'm telling you this, the hardest part about teaching, y'all, the kids' names. Millennials getting way too creative, I'm telling you. First of all, I got a little boy in my room named Sapphire Moon. Exactly. And then he's going to come up to me and say, oh, Miss Gaines, I don't have my homework because Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> Why do you know that? You know what I mean? I was like, and, and, and tell your mama you need to stop burning all this sage in my classroom. I don't understand. <laughs> You know what all this means, okay? And then, check this out. I have another one in my classroom named Shan Dweller. Yes, and this is what millennials do. Because I can look at this audience tonight and tell you all your names are extinct, okay? None of y'all are repeats, all right? Shan Dweller, what they do is they take three syllables, they push them together, and then they arbitrarily capitalize any letter they feel like capitalizing. And now they started putting punctuation marks in the name. Let me tell you how Shandwella Mama spell her name. Y'all got to follow me, okay? You ready? Capital S-H-A hyphen, capital D-W, at sign, asterisk. I-L apostrophe A-H. Exactly. I looked at the roster. I said, baby, is this your name or your mama computer password? Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to memorize this by June. I'm just telling you. It's not going to work out. And then these are the parents who are always complaining that their kids don't win student of the month. Really? Ma'am, you think I got that kind of time that I'm going to sit here and try to type this out on a certificate? I got a vision board. I don't... This is not a priority to me. You see what I'm saying? And listen, y'all, my student of the month be just like this every ceremony. And thank you, parents, for coming. And our student of the month, Ms. Gaines class, for the seventh time, give it up for Tim. <laughs> yes, come on up here, little buddy. This is for you, absolutely. Then they're going to uh, complain about me, talking about Miss Gaines, Tim won student of the month nine times. That's not fair. I said, hey, you know, he's a good kid. They were like, well, he was absent 19 times. I was like, hey. That's called consistency. <laughs> and I honor that. <laughs> exactly. And then Shandwella is one of those students that's always, oh, she's that kid that you think about when you wake up and you think about when you go into bed. You know what I mean? Teachers and educators can feel me. She is that kid that's so difficult. Cause you know, I'm just like doing a regular lesson. I was trying to, you know, show the kids that large animals, just because they're large, I mean, their body parts are large. Like the esophagus of a whale is not large enough like for a human being to fall laterally through. She gonna interrupt me. Miss Gaines, at my church, Jonah got swallowed by a whale. Boop, boop. 
I said, wait a minute. First of all, did she boop boop me? Okay, because everybody know in the African-American community, when sound effects start, that's when the fight break out. Did you just boop boop me? I was like, Angel, calm down, get it together. Your credential teacher, she's eight. You got this. I said, okay, Shandwella. What I'm talking, yes, you you talking Bible. I'm I'm showing you science. If you just look, she's gonna interrupt me again. Miss Gangs, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. I'll just wait till I get to heaven. I'll ask Jonah what happened. Boo boo. I was like, wait a minute, that's two boo boops. Is that two? Oh, look, girl. We boop-boop in the day, huh? Okay, Shandwella, let me ask you this. What if Jonah don't go to heaven and Jonah goes down there? Boop-boop. <laughs> then she gonna look at me and say, then good, you could ask him. <laughs> so that's all my attorney is allowing me to talk about tonight. <laughs> Thank you. I hear you, you lone applause. I heard you. Thank you so much. Yeah. They're applaud, you know, they're not applaud friendly yet. I'm going to drop that punchline again and see if they join you. And that's all my attorney is allowing me to talk about tonight. <laughs> the timing. Oh, that is comedic. Because I, I was waiting for boo-boo. I was waiting for boo-boo. Yeah. You're like, how's she going to end this? Where's this one going? (laughs) You can find it at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Click the menu tab. Look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. And while you're there, you can also grab you the latest People's Movie Critic Review. If you missed it just a few minutes ago, it's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. TheFrugalExpat.com has published their list of the 20 most beautiful cities in the world. Charleston, South Carolina is number 15 on that list, right behind Paris and Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. They speak of the beautiful churches, the cobblestone streets, and the large and beautiful colorful homes on the battery. The city is full of culture, tons of history, some of the best southern food you will ever find, plus a view of the ocean. It constantly ranks number one on the friendliest cities in the world, or in the U.S. list, I'm sorry. But let's talk about food. You can stand still at just about any place in downtown Charleston and throw a rock and hit five different five-star restaurants. I mean, it is the place. Uh, or you could just walk to them if you don't want to throw a rock. That's your business. The amount of fantastic <laughs> dining options located within walking distance of downtown Charleston, it's incredible. Uh, do not do not visit Charleston without taking a historic carriage tour because you're going to see many landmarks. You're going to learn a ton of history. It's just a great city. But you're a, if you're a foodie, I, I don't know anywhere on the East Coast in the South that you'll find anything any better. What about you, Sherry? I have to agree. Is it the only American city that made this list, Lamar? Yeah, Of yes, the most beautiful yes. cities? Yeah. Yes. yes. I, I mean, if you've never been to Charleston, 
Now, mm. you need to budget like you're going to Paris, I have to say. Fair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got, I mean, yeah. it's not on the list <laughs> of the cheapest cities, <laughs> no. but it is we, Me and Carla used to go four or five times a year, and, and a couple of years ago, she goes, why are they charging so much now? I said, because they can. That's why. Because if we never go back, they're not missing anything. Because, I mean, it is a destination. But it's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. It's the most ro- one of the most romantic cities you can go to. I really enjoy oh, it. We, so. we got married there. I mean, I could not agree ah, more. That's where Kevin and I got yes. married. was um in, in the harbor at Charleston. Wow, very That's cool. Awesome. It's That's awesome. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Go to the contest page at bobandsherry.com and you can win yourself a me party box from the Scone Goddess and Maine Needhams. You can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERI or you can grab our app. It's free in Google Play in the Apple Store. And if you look, there's a little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. Tap it and talk and the app will do the rest. Hey, y'all. This is Megan in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, we're just talking about cannibalism and the possible <laughs> relative benefits of cannibalism. And I wanted to say that I recently learned that when a particular tribe started using cannibalism as part of their burial rites to honor their dead, they started developing prions, which if you don't know what a prion is, look it up. And trust me, it's a brain protein that you do not want. So go ahead and eat the carbs. Go ahead and eat the sugar because you do not want a prion. It's just not worth it. I learned it from this podcast will kill you, which Sherry, if you're not listening to that podcast, girl, what are you doing? You need to start listening to it. You will love it. Thanks y'all. Love the show. Jeez, She's these right, darn prions. I was hoping on eating y'all, you know, if you went before me. God. Oh, no. Can, can I just say we weren't serious about the fact that eating human flesh was keto friendly? We, we were weren't kinda, promoting well, it. We, we were not promoting it. We were, we were kind of no. joking about it. We were. It yeah. is keto. It is keto, but we weren't, you know, we weren't advocating it. Some of y'all, I see what some of y'all put on the internet. You're too bitter to eat. I'm not eating some of y'all. Forget that. Um, but she's right about sons. Somebody just tuning in at that exact moment when she said, uh, I know you're always talking about cannibalism, and I just want you to <laughs> you just <laughs> cannibalism. Listen, she's so so right because the prions, that's the cause of like mad cow disease. And a bunch uh-huh. of other things that, that you can get. So, like, the pre- she's right about these. Um, I was reading about this because we did a cannibalism. We did a medical cannibalism episode for True Weird Stuff. So, I was reading about these prions. And in, in human beings, they all – prions lead to these progressive brain diseases. And you – listen, if that – stops you from putting a fork into mamma, then you're welcome because you do not want – and she's right. You don't want any – thing to do with a prion in your brain bad news for army hammer very bad news for army <laughs> yes yes whatever happened whatever happened with all of that what was the final shakedown when he came out and was pro cannibalism and then all of hollywood indeed the world said ew uh was that the end of his career has does he still get work is he still uh, interested in cannibalism i mean well, whatever I can happened t- to that guy? I can tell you that um, last year, last year, last spring, I think right around late March, early April, the LAPD was investigating Army Hammer 
but they didn't. Oh, yeah. They ended up. Remember, they ended up not bringing criminal charges for mm-hmm. him. He, mm-hmm. I think, because I think that this has completely destroyed his career. Now, yeah. whether or not he's able to come back, what do you think? Well, I don't think he's getting any roles in a horror movie, <laughs> or maybe he—that's where he, he should go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I will you want tell, some realism with the with the main bad character. I will tell you that when all of this broke broke out, um, he was dropped by the William Morris Agency. Um, oh, is that and right? His publicist quit, and he was supposed to be in a movie uh, called like it was a uh, something sporty, like Next Goal, something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. they repl- they got another actor and reshot all of his parts and cut him out of it, kind of like they cut Kevin Spacey out of that one movie. Oh yeah, that's about expensive. The, the Getty era. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so his, um, it's funny because maybe it was in People magazine. His his wife, you know, they they have children together, so she's trying to have some sort of decent relationship, you know, Good between luck. herself and him. But I Good think it's luck. I think it's over for him. Although yeah. Americans are always good with a comeback. Do you think he could come back? I don't know. It was so, I mean, it's not just the idea of uh, what he was tied to. It's just so bizarre. And sometimes I think a personality hits this point in the public's mind, psyche, and the public just says, yeah, I don't think so. I just don't think I can deal with you anymore. I think as long as there was no conviction and he, t- I don't know, there wasn't with Kevin Spacey. He's in a movie, but I don't know if he's ever coming back. And no. I mean, when you say Army Hammer, though, Max, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Baking soda. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hundred percent. But no real. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, what he was thinking. That's a plus for him. I know. It's Bob and Sherry. Small Plates is sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. It's time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates, and I want to begin by calling out to all media, all media everywhere, no more stories about airplanes. I cannot take it anymore. I still have to fly every (laughs) once in a while, and I'm tired of doors blowing off and bolts not being tightened. And listen to this. Near record-breaking winds in the Atlantic jet stream have pushed a number of commercial planes, planes like you and I fly on, to supersonic speeds. Five commercial flights were affected by the strong Atlantic winds about a week ago. And here's what it means. Because of the winds, they reached similar speeds to the Concorde Mach 204 an icon in the aviation industry, which marked the only commercial plane to break the sound barrier. One of the planes affected over the weekend was a Virgin Atlantic flight from Washington to London. The aircraft reached speeds of 835 miles per hour. That's getting it done, they're, though. That's getting it done. It is getting it done. But does that really, not freak you out a little bit? They're not really designed for that, are they? Like, I worry about it coming apart or something. 
I know. I mean, not it to just... suggest, not in any way, let me be clear, to suggest that a commercial airliner might fall apart mid-flight, that a door might come off well, or a that wing. Can't happen. Uh, that, that could can't never happen. happen. That could that never would happen. That never happen. No, that's um, right. But, you know, Is the materials the materials they make these planes out of are stress-tested. Yeah. But I don't know yeah. that they're meant to fly that fast. Ah! And suppose the door goes off. Oh, no more. Media, no more for at least six months about airplanes. Listen to this one. A quarter of us would like to rekindle a relationship with an ex. And one in ten married people are infatuated with somebody else. Men typically fall in love three times in their life, while women fall in love twice. I, I just can't imagine rekindling a relationship with an ex. Not to say that they, most of them were just, you know, wonderful people, but I just can't. <laughs> I just can't see myself if something happened to Mary saying, well, let me see. There's nothing going on this weekend. Let me call up, name the person, and say, hey, we had a pretty good time together. Would you like to, you know, would you like to go out again? I just, I, I, I guess it works, but it, it wouldn't for me. Would it for you? It would. I'd be going back to, like, high school, middle school, maybe, maybe college. I'd be going back that far, yeah. How about you? Well, I, I, I don't think I, I could. I'm, I could pick one or two that I think, you know, this, this could be interesting. But we all change over the years, at least some, don't we? And I'm not talking about physical. We have different experiences in our lives, children, you know, um, people come and go. I just don't know that. I could jumpstart it again and have the same sort of experience. Well, you so we do change, but we don't change, right? Like our circumstances change, but I think right. that we the core of who we are doesn't change. And also, you wouldn't jumpstart it in hopes of having the same thing again, because you wouldn't be the same no, people. It couldn't what be. you have the yeah. second time might be even better. Who knows? I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, we are no longer childlike by the age of what? do you think? And it's changed. Where do we stop being 37? <laughs> I'm not talking about radio people. I'm oh, talking I, about... I was going to say, I, I work in okay. an industry where nobody yeah. grows up. I'm going to say right. no longer childlike at 19. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean really childlike. Childlike. 12. 12. I was going to say 11, so it's 12. Yeah, and uh, it is uh, faster than a generation ago. And, of course, they're blaming the Internet, magazines, TV, and celebrity culture for a lot of it. You and I talked about this. I can remember the moment I no longer felt like a child. And I was either 12 and a half or 13 years old. And we were having, uh, there was a crab uh, apple tree, and we were having crab apple battles. And I was up on a hill, and I looked down, and I saw the other kids. And some of them were 9 and 10 years old. And... I just put down the crab apples and walked away. I said, this is childlike and silly. I'm going to go home. And, oh, uh, my God. Yeah. I can remember the first time I looked at my oldest daughter and realized, oh, we're done with that. And it was such yeah. a sad moment for me. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I looked <laughs> really at uh, Christian, sad. a photograph of Christian the other day, and he's not a baby anymore. He is, uh, he's a little boy. And it, it does sort of just take your breath away. 
That's it. Small place for right now. This is Bob and Sherry. Can You Believe This is sponsored by Avatar, The Last Airbender, now streaming on Netflix. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. I can't believe this. I have for you now newspaper headlines that push the limits of human stupidity. We always think of newspapers as being almost perfect. There's the reporter, and then an editor looks at it, and then there's the guy or woman who writes the headline, and somebody's got to be watching them, too. Well, not always. These are actual newspaper headlines. Homicide victims rarely talk to police. (laughs) Argue with that. But boy, when they do, it's When they do. Yeah. We hate math, say four in ten, a majority of Americans. <laughs> From the outdoors outpost section of a newspaper, breathing oxygen linked to staying alive. Now, this this next one, I think the, co- the copywriter here was pulling your leg. Marijuana issue sent to a joint committee. That's in Toronto, the Toronto, the Toronto star. Um, this is from Asia, uh, USA Today, Asia. China may be using sea to hide its submarines. They used to haul them up to the top of a mountain and put them in a bush, but uh, <laughs> evidently they were changing. That this one is very dark. This one is very dark. I can't believe somebody didn't catch this. Diana was still alive hours before she died. <laughs> How was that allowed? How did that get missed? Yeah. How did it get missed? Federal agents raid gun shop. Find weapons. I'll be <laughs> Just I'll be A nuclear explosion would be a disaster. <laughs> um, World Bank. This is the Associated Press. World Bank says the poor need more money. I can't argue <laughs> with that. I just can't. These are all big newspapers. I know. Whoever thought, why did we think of it? Bridges help people cross rivers. I'm not, you know, I'm with you. This, I think, I think this one is my my favorite. This is from a place uh, in Northfield. I don't know exactly where that is. Northfield plans to plan strategic plan. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait. It's got to be near Boston and the headquarters of our former ownership, because doesn't that sound like something they would do? It, it, you know, you're right. I think that is near Boston. A guy whose name is Jay Cronley is a writer for a newspaper. I'm not sure exactly it where. It is in Massachusetts. Wrote, there is a Northfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> Sherry was right. I'll be darned. Sherry I'll was be right. Darned. Yeah. Um, Jay Cronley wrote this article. And here's the headline. One-armed man applauds the kindness of strangers. Come on. Come on. I can't even do this one because people will go out of their minds. So I'll move along. Man arrested (laughs) for everything. Like, why even? Now you have to do it. Because I so... I now you have you to do it. You do <laughs> Let me see if. God, I wish I could tell you this, but I can't. Radio announcer. <laughs> Radio oh, announcer announces he won't be announcing. You're, you know what? Go, you you all finish these. You got your own. Go ahead and finish them then. All right. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do here. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to have to over-explain it before I deliver it, okay? Over-explain, not you. Not you. How, the, what's that going to look like? Okay, go on. Let him go. Let go on. Go on. Okay. It, it is the final word is referring to the um, person who runs a girl's school. Okay. The final word refers to a person who is a woman running a girl's school. And the headline okay. is girls schools still offering quote, something special head. <laughs> As in headmistress or headmistress. As in headmistress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Police report. Man arrested for everything. I mean, I don't know what that guy was up to, but Tiger Woods plays with own balls, Nike says. <laughs> so did his Rooms ex. with Right, yeah. Rooms with broken air conditioners are hot. Yeah, yeah. It does happen that way. Mm -hmm. State population to double by 2040, babies to blame. <laughs> can't, can't. <laughs> Survey finds fewer deer after hunt. That's what happens. That is what happens. <laughs> This one has a picture of a bunch of barbershop singers, and the headline is, Barbershop Singers Bring Joy to School for the Deaf. You do, your, do your own thing. Just do your own thing there. Um, Greenland meteorite may be from space. Well, I'll be doggone. <laughs> I often wondered where they came from. Uh, my, most earthquake damage is caused by shaking. Yeah, I, uh, I can believe that too. And finally, students cook and serve grandparents. <laughs> so there you are. Sometimes Punctuation you is the key. Punctuation. Is That's the key. You have to go below the headlines. But this is Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. Did you know that red solo cups are really not available outside of the United States. They're really, what? really uncommon. Oh, right? So much right? so that people in other countries think that red solo cups are all American and they sometimes host American themed parties where they use red solo cups. The way like if we hosted a Cinco de Mayo party, we might wear sombreros when they host yeah. an American <laughs> themed party. They use red solo cups. Isn't that funny? I believe it because we have a friend uh, who has a friend who lives in, I think, the Netherlands. And she was visiting the United States. And one of the things that she was bringing back was this big sleeve of red solo cups. And she, so, <laughs> she was so excited about it. Do you know what else is a tradition that is only practiced in the United States? The rehearsal dinner before a wedding. Is that right? Really? We are that. the only nation that does the rehearsal dinner. That is, I had no idea. No. No idea. I did not know that. So not only the red solo cups, but the rehearsal dinner, that is 100%, 100% ours. Um, and there's a couple of other things, like in the US, the standard time that you spend in college is how much? Four years. 
four years. Seven years? Oh, sorry. <laughs> in, Europe, in Europe, it's only three years because, like in some countries, they have an extra year of high school. Yeah. So they have 13 years of school instead of 12, right? And that 13th yeah. year of high school is where a lot of like the gen eds and, and uh, freshman year college stuff gets done. Here's another thing. Um, laundromats are really common in America, but not so much anywhere else. Really? Yeah. Public I mean, laundromats, they have, I mean, is that right? Yeah, they have, they really? have a handful of laundromats in France. They're very trendy right now in Hong Kong, apparently. It's like a big thing to like fill up a red solo cup of do your laundry at a laundromat. <laughs> of all the random things to take off, it's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Podcast. Um, just served it up to me so hardcore. Do you know what March 1st is the anniversary of? Today is the day, March 1, 1932, that the Lindbergh baby was kidnapped. Oh, wow. Whoa. Whoa. So, um, like, for my true crime fellow uh, crime buffs, you know this story. I'll just run down the details for anyone that's going, yeah, I've kind of heard about that. What exactly happened? So, Charles Lindbergh was this big-time uh, hero of aviation. He flew the very first solo fight across the Atlantic Ocean in 1927, which was a big deal. And I want you to just imagine being all by yourself in a small plane with the vastness of the Atlantic Ocean beneath you hour after hour after hour. That's what Charles Lindbergh did in 1927. He became an international superstar. So he's married, and his wife's name is Anne. And on, on March 1st, 1932, he and his wife go into the baby's bedroom and the crib is empty. Mm. And there's a ransom note demanding $50,000 in the baby's bedroom. There are muddy footprints on the floor and the kidnappers used a ladder. The baby's room was on the second floor of the Lindbergh home. And the window had been left open because this was at a time when people believed that babies needed to be aired out. Remember that? We've talked about this. Yes. Like it's so silly. But babies yeah. needed a lot of fresh air. So the, the window was open. They prop the, they prop the ladder up next to the house. Up they go. They take the baby. Um, clues and um, false reports flooded in from all over the world. And you may not even know this if you haven't really like done a deep dive into this story but the gangster al capone he was in prison in 1927 when this happened and he reached out to the Lindbergh family and offered his assistance from prison because of course capone knew a guy right so oh, yeah. for three days um i mean this this was this was you couldn't pick up a newspaper Without this being front page news, for three days, nothing. No word from the kidnappers. No clues. No real, I mean, leads are pouring in, but none of them were real legit leads. And then a brand new letter shows up. And it's another ransom letter. And this one wants $70,000. Oh, the Charles and Ann Morrow Lindbergh are out of their mind. Their sweet, precious baby is gone. Finally, the kidnappers... Um, give some instructions for how to drop off the ransom. And so they told the kidnappers told the Lindberghs that the baby was on a boat and the boat was called Nellie and the boat was off the coast of Massachusetts. 
the authorities swarm the area. There's no sign of a boat named Nellie. There's no sign of the baby. And not long after, and this is the part, if you're unfamiliar with this story, I'm going to have to ask you to grip that wheel with both hands and take a deep breath. Because not long after that pointless search in the waters off of Massachusetts, the baby was found. The baby had been killed the night of the kidnapping, and he was found less than a mile from the home. Charles and Ann Lindbergh were devastated. They ended up moving out of their house. They donated the house to charity, and they moved away. And years went by, and the kidnapping was unsolved. And then in September 1934, one of the... Uh, bills that had been in the ransom payment had been marked. All the bills had been marked by law enforcement, but one of these marked bills turned up. A gas station attendant um, took the marked bill. He'd been following the case and he just had a weird feeling about the driver. So he took the payment and he wrote the license plate number down and they were able to track that license plate back to a man named Bruno Hopman. And when police searched his home, they found a big old pile of Lindbergh ransom money. At first, Bruno Hopman claimed that a friend gave him the money to hold. That's how old that story is, by the way. I'm holding it for a friend. <laughs> is that the course, original time that yeah, happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but of course, the cops were like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, he goes on trial. The prosecution didn't have a really strong case. I mean, the main evidence was basically the um, pile of ransom money and some testimony. That's a pretty from, big. That's well, pretty big, though. But it, it's still kind of circumstantial because he's got the yeah. money. That doesn't mean he committed the crime. But handwriting es experts testified that the ransom note had been written by Bruno Hopman, and they also tried to make a connection between Bruno Hopman who was a carpenter and the type of wood that was used to make the ladder. Uh, the public was screaming for justice. Hopman was convicted and it was a death sentence. It was a death penalty case. And he was um, sent to the electric chair in 1936. And after this, here's the last thing and then we'll break. It's because of this terrible tragedy on this day in 1932, the kidnapping is now a federal crime. So there you go, fellow true crime buffs. And, and there's always been some question about the whether he really was guilty of that. That that yeah. has lingered. A cloud of mystery still hangs over this case. It's Bob and Sherry. Here's Bob and Sherry with Charlie King and the Zippy Zodiac. Okay, I'm just so filled with optimism, Charlie. Take it away. This week for Aries, you're going to want to direct your energy and ambitious spirit towards discovering shortcuts, things that could make your life a whole lot easier this week. So a side note here is to prepare for potential financial fluctuations. All that kind of impulsive spending that's driven by excitement is a no-no. For Taurus, you could feel out of sync with those around you, like it's a challenge to fit in or like you've outgrown the present. There may be some shifts in your connections and relationships because a revolutionary or rebellious next step along your journey is unfolding. Gemini, yes. you will be kept on your toes this week as you realize the world really is changing at such a rapid pace. And for you, it's essential to stay in the loop and keep current with the latest updates. Do not give in to the weight of procrastination. 
try and spend some time alone and get the important things done without distraction. I will do that very thing. Yes, I will. <laughs> without For distraction. Can- do you hear me? Yes, answer. <laughs> For cancer this week, prioritize rest to recharge your batteries. There's lots of moving goalposts with your future goals that require more energy than you actually currently have. And be cautious of shortcuts for you, because if it's too good to be true, it probably is. For Leo, expressing an alternative view this week might not go down as well as you had intended. Your motives are pure, but if your perspective differs from popular opinion and you're outnumbered, consider keeping a low profile for now until a better time to share arrives. Okay. Virgos. Paperwork. Paperwork brings headaches more than it brings solutions. And on top of that, any of these detailed matters could be both complex and costly. But there's good news to balance the challenge. There could be doors opening in your professional world and obstacles that you had gotten used to may begin to disappear later this week. Obstacles that Virgo has gotten used to may begin to disappear. But you know Virgos, even when they disappear, they'll still hold a place for that obstacle in case it returns. <laughs> you know how that goes. Very true. Let's hear, let's hear it for Libra. So Libra this week, there are certain projects and plans that demand extra attention. And as annoying as that may be initially to put in all the extra hours, the satisfying outcomes will make your hard work worthwhile. Scorpio. However, up in the air, your private world may or may not have been. There is a resolution closer than you think, and a buried truth is about to come to light very soon. So in the meantime, try, try, try to prioritize fun and pleasure, because in the midst of all the heaviness, joy is essential to keep you going. So so I shouldn't be prioritizing my work? Not this week. Have fun. Okay. Thank you very um, much. Why, why is it, Charlie, when we hear the phrase, a buried truth will surface, the truth doesn't feel like it's going to be a good truth. Actually, this what is good. I saw this as a positive. I did. I saw it as a good? positive. Yeah, I think that it's a positive. Fingers crossed. All right. Um, Sagittarius. So Sagittarius, a craving for stability and security puts your focus on budgeting and investing. And if it's actually neither of those, maybe you'll explore the idea of a new income source. But goals are nothing without a plan. So do not wing it. Map out exactly how you would like to see these things go. Okay. Capricorn. Yes. Life is undergoing significant changes related to your absolute overall trajectory. And part of that this week is handling a negotiation or a bothersome situation that is causing a blockage and it needs your attention. The key is to not carry it all on your shoulders and share your feelings with a friend who can reassure you that you're not alone in this struggle. Okay, Max, get ready. Let's go to Aquarius. <laughs> Aquarius, impulsive behavior could get you in some hot water this week. And even though deep down you feel like doing something different for yourself, be sure to let others know your plans so that they don't feel left out of the loop. And then Pisces. You'll want to stay mindful of potential conflicts. Disagreements and things like that in your personal circle require diplomacy and compromise in the name of harmony. So it's your job to call out bad behavior if you witness it and stand up for those that need your support. 
All right. Well, this, you know, we've had worse weeks around here. We really have. And and that, I think, is a very glass half full way to look at it, Charlie. <laughs> we'll get this posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com and we'll link it on over to our Facebook. And Charlie, you have an amazing weekend. Yeah. And we'll see you next time for the Zippy Zodiac. This is Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. So a website I fell into had an essay contest for the worst online dating stories. And the winner was a woman whose date said he had just learned a bunch of fighting skills and basic training and decided to teach her how to escape a headlock on the first date. I uh, I can't explain my gender sometimes. Uh. <laughs> so so there I am. I have these new, you know, excellent fighting skills. And I and I'm meeting a woman at Portofino's restaurant and you know, we're uh we're having a nice dinner. Then we go out, and in, the, and in the parking lot, I said, Ellen, come here. And I put her in a headlock outside. Try to get out. Can you get out? You can't get out. I can show you how to get out. Why there, did you think there that, is that would be something a gal would like? Only because I grew up with brothers in the woods do I know that there is a certain kind of guy that that seems like a very good idea. It's to. a very bad idea. You're not that guy. You would no not one lay, be that guy. You would not lay hands on somebody to that degree at a first date. But what if he if he he's going on a date, plan ahead a little bit. Say to yourself, if I put her in a headlock in the parking lot, what could go wrong? Well, quite a bit. But again, that guy that does that doesn't ever stop and go, what could go wrong? That guy lives, that guy lives in the moment. He follows his heart and his impulses. And the phrase what could go wrong here? Doesn't ever occur. I don't think so. What yeah. do you think? You guys are guys. I mean, I've made some mistakes on dates, you know, choosing the wrong, well, choosing the wrong person to go out with, um, wrong restaurant and all. But I would, you're right. I would never put a woman in a headlock. I, I, I can't imagine, how long do I have to know her? I, I could well, put Mary in Well, you've never put Mary in a headlock no. and you've been with her for a decade. I know it, yeah. So um, I'm going to go with a decade. I know it, I know it. Well, I couldn't. She's taller than I am. I, 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 <laughs> That would ruin. I have to get on like a little kitchen stool. Mary, hold still. Yeah. While, right. while I get a box yeah. out of my trunk. Yeah. I know this is not kind of a surprise attack. <laughs> what with the little stool at all. <laughs> he might have grown up in a big rambunctious family where that's how everybody played. Have you ever seen a George Clooney movie? Have you ever seen a movie with Brad Pitt? None of those really handsome guys that we'd all like to look like would put no, women in headlocks. I have seen Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and I do yeah, feel right. like it's possible. Well, they're not supposed to be our guideposts for male maleness. Anyway. When, um, when, uh, okay, so when my bonus son, Andrew, first started dating Leah, who he's now married to, they were high school sweethearts. So he brings Leah home to meet the family, mm -hmm. and he has two little brothers, the twins, Russell and Zane, who were right. probably eight or nine years old when he brought Leah home to meet them. Right. She showed up at the house to meet his, his little brothers for the first time with some boxing gloves that she brought from home, put them on, and boxed the twins. And they loved her from that moment forward. Oh, wow. Because she grew up in a family with one yeah, brother and a yeah. ton of sisters. How, how much older was played. she than uh, the twins? Um, probably six or seven years older. But here comes, and Leah is beautiful. And mm -hmm. She's very exotic looking. Here comes this beautiful teenage girl 
you're meeting her for the first time and she's brought boxing gloves and it's time to spar. So how old were the boys? They were like eight, maybe, or yeah. nine. See, oh, that's, they were that's in heaven. Perfect. That's perfect. So some, you know, some people grow up in, yeah. in environments where, I don't know how you think it's a good idea to try to put a woman in a headlock at the Applebee's, but I'm trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Well, but I'm not, because he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> it, Leah did not bring the boxing gloves. Let, let's say that uh, um, I'm the father right Mm -hmm. of the twins she didn't bring the boxing gloves put them on and then slugged me in the head she (laughs) she kind of just you know played with two eight-year-old boys there's a big difference between that and an adult but again you grew up in a family you never picked on your brother and sister right there was no rough housing of any kind so you don't know what it's like to grow up in a family um where like Todd knows with that Eric it's kind and of Dawn, crazy. Where it's kind of crazy, yeah. Like I would be, I would be like, I'd make myself a little place to hide, and I'd be reading, and my brothers, unbeknownst to me, would be crawling on the belly, their bellies through the jungle, playing war games, and I didn't know that I was about to be a POW, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you didn't grow up like that. Right. So this kind of thing, this kind of playful rough Stop. It's, you're trying to make an excuse for this this imbecile for doing that. You don't do that to a woman, especially today. You don't. Scare the heck out of her. You don't. But maybe his intentions were not awful. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like maybe Oh, no. He... I, don't, I don't think he was trying to hurt her or intimidate her. I mean, he was excited that he knew how to do this and he wanted to impress her. It's just like Napoleon Dynamite. What is it that he says women want? A guy with skills. With skills, yeah. A guy with skills. But you have to remember, you learned what girls were and how to treat them from to catch a thief. Right. This guy watched Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I know. And it just just shapes everything. Yeah. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. At eight years, six months, and 11 days... Ashwath Kashik made history by becoming the youngest player ever to beat a chess grandmaster in a classical tournament game. Ashwath, who lives in Singapore, achieved the feat after beating Poland's Jacek Stopa, 37, in round four of the Burgerdorfer Stathouse Open in Switzerland. The previous record was only set a month before that by eight-year-old Leonard Ivanovic, who became the first player under the age of nine to beat a grandmaster in a classical game. But Ashwath was five months younger than the Serb and when he beat Stopa. Uh, it, it was really exciting and amazing, and I felt really proud of my game and how I played, especially since I was worse at one point but managed to come back from that, Kosick told Chess.com. That, that, that can you? This is an eight-year-old kid saying this. You know, I, I was. It's wa- <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was born in India in 2015. Ashwath has already made a name for himself after winning a number of youth tournaments around the world, notably becoming the world under eight rapid champion in 2022. He finished 12th in this tournament in Switzerland, and plenty is expected of this youngster as he continues to compete against opponents with decades more experience. Ashwa's father said neither he or his wife have a history of playing chess, 
He said, I was surprised to see my son, who he says practices seven hours a day, become such a talented player. Oh, hey, Lamar. my gosh. I can't play chess, but I can read Max's mind. And Max is over there going, see, reincarnation. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> this is an I amazing story. Yeah. We got really nothing good. else but reincarnation. Way to go, yeah. kid. That is impressive. Yep. This is Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.